Hey there, more than a year into the war in Ukraine and the embattled country still dependent on Elon Musk's Starlink, for much of their communications, this has raised questions over whether or not it's a good thing that one person, especially one as erratic as Elon Musk, wields so much power and influence over the region and over the war. While Musk has limited Starlink's usage somewhat recently, it seems that Musk would still be involved if the conflict uh, continues for the foreseeable future. For more, we're joined by attorney and tech reporter Andrew Rosser. Great to see you. This all came to a point about Starlink and that involvement that it did or didn't have, where essentially Elon Musk gets to now play God about the attacks that the Ukrainians are using on the Russians using Starlink. What do you make of it? It's a lot of power, Aaron. And, you know, when Russia first invaded the Ukraine, I believe, you know, the Ukraine had reached out via Twitter because that's where Musk spends a great deal of time and is very responsive to anything that, you know, involves his companies, his branding and and, and the requests. And he actually, he, he granted it. He said, yes, he gave the Ukraine that type of access to where they were able to have connectivity in a time of, of hardship and, and war. But at the same time, where there's other needs and other requests, the ability for Musk to say, mm, no, I don't think so. We don't want to be caught in the middle of a war. We don't want to be the instrument uh, to help facilitate the war. The irony being, Starlink, Musk, they are involved. They are in the middle of it because they have chosen to position themselves that way. And it is scary. Well, here's the interesting point um, about this, which is that uh, for Elon Musk, he likes to get involved. He was trying to get involved, as you recall, when those teenagers, the, the, the soccer players, young soccer players in Thailand got stuck in a cave and he came up with that crazy submarine idea to, to try and rescue them. In the end, it came down to a good old fashioned scuba diver. Uh, and the rest of that story, as we know, is history, um, except for in the courts. Um, but when it comes to Elon Musk, he, he's essentially now picking and choosing and the idea of SpaceX and the idea of his Starlink was that it went over governments. It was to deliver freedom to people, freedom to the people. And now he's essentially deciding, well, actually, you know, I've got relationships with governments. I've got relationships with China. I'm heavily reliant uh, on China when it comes to Tesla factories. And China, I think, is supporting Putin and therefore an escalation in the war in Ukraine using my satellites, whether or not I'm giving any involvement, he's now choosing to be involved. It's a little bit like Apple deciding whether or not a terrorist can use an iPhone. Very, very much so. And just that analysis, it's, it's terrifying. And what we're seeing now, even the Pentagon, um, a lot of these countries and infrastructures are treating Elon Musk as if he is a diplomat, as if he is a statesman or a spokesperson, which is very, very strange, regardless of the breadth of resources that he may have. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us would agree that no one person or entity should control that much to where it can topple another country's infrastructure. Well, and look, should or shouldn't, but I guess there's no real choice because he's got about 4,000 Starlink satellites. His next competitor has about 100 of them, and they rely on SpaceX to launch their satellites. The US government can't compete. If Elon Musk was a country, he'd be the 50th largest 
country in the world, the size of New Zealand, and not even the US with all of its money, but mostly its debt, can compete with Elon Musk when it comes to his space ambitions. Now that is because of policy failure by the US government over the last 20 years, where they decided we can't keep up with the commercial side and there's no demand from the public when things are getting out of control to spend all our money on space. They essentially outsource this to Elon Musk and this is what we get. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, you know, like I said before, they have these this the government has chosen to treat him as if he is one of their own because there are no true genuine competitors to to uh, SpaceX to Starlink. Right. As you said, you know, 4000 satellites already launched. Amazon, to my knowledge, hasn't launched a single one. So the ability for somebody else to come into the picture and say, wait a minute, you know, this is unfair. It's it's hard, but from a public policy standpoint, is it right? And what could be done, if anything, to better control, to better ensure the safety and security of our own government infrastructures? And of course, it's it's people. Yeah, some likening it to the decision by governments, uh, particularly in Europe, to give the F-16 to Ukraine, which is it's going to lead to a huge uh, escalation potentially. And we just do not know how Russia will respond. So it is a good idea to be able to ask the question, no doubt, but whether one person should be able to give the answer, that appears to be the issue here. He's got more power than the president of the United States on this one. Andrew Rosso, a man who also has as much power as the president of the United States, as always, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. That is the show for now for more. And to read more about this story, head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon.